following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. It's a brand new edition of a DallasCowboys.com podcast. It's not Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. Instead, we've got ourselves an all-star crew. We've got Nate Newton, Barry Church, and we've got a special guest, Jesse Holly. It's the first time I've gotten to work with Jesse Holly on a podcast before. So an all-star crew, three guys out of the four have played significant time for the Dallas Cowboys. And I let all of you guys at home decipher who is the odd man out in that scenario. But I'm Kyle Yeomans, just driving the bus today and, and, and just happy to be along with you guys. I mean, I love uh, working with Barry and Nate on pregame live and on everything that we've been on through DallasCowboys.com. And, you know, Jesse, it's been, a, uh, it's been a long time coming, you and I getting to be on a podcast together. But I know you're, you're ready to rock and roll with your I've been good Santa hat rolling in that, that bottom left-hand corner. How you been? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here. You're right. Like, I played with Barry. I work with Nate. I've never worked with you. So I think this is finally, you know, the stars aligning for us to work together. Now we got to make it a good one or, oh. you know, the bosses will see this and go, Jesse, you and Kyle no longer <laughs> will be a part of anything that we do together. So. <laughs> yeah, Nate, Nate knows how that goes. He, we worked together one time and he went back up to the boss. He's like, I don't think I should work with Kyle anymore. He, I, I think that's what I heard anyway, anyways, Nate. <laughs> Nate I've will, never said that. I've never Nate said will throw that. you under the bus, though. Be careful. Nate, Nate will, <laughs> he will throw you under a, a big 18-wheeler bus. Is this yeah, true? Man, You're probably you the, right the here, one that man, gets uh, that the most. Yeah, I, I tell you like this here, man. Uh, I, I know now that it's been a pleasure working with you, uh, Jesse, because... We had to beg church to get on with us, man. What's up with that? Oh, that's, that was, that's, up with that. that's going. That's, that's what's going down out here, huh? That's look, how we see, go look, to look, church. All right. Look, church. Boom, boom, boom. He throw you under that bus early in the morning. Man, I'm just all under the tire tread right now. It's all good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm upset because I'm the only one on the entire show that, one, hasn't played for the Cowboys, and, two, doesn't have a, a nice Santa hat to go along with it. So I'm kind of hey. here. But that's okay. Everybody's looking great, and, and we're ready feel to, that way, to talk Kyle. some Dallas you, you, Cowboys. You play for the Cowboys because all you got to do is say, I play for the Cowboys. They're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. So what do you <laughs> So, so that's the fire tone early we're going to get into huh? early in this show. I like that. I like that. Oh, man. So let's, let's get started talking about a storyline that kind of popped up yesterday. And this is something that we didn't really anticipate popping up. And it, it happened early in the morning. And I know you guys have probably hit on it at least a little bit throughout uh, your shows yesterday. But... Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, and and of course the young boy genius. I know it's like you guys like to call it on hanging with the boys previously, but uh, of course in his second year as the Cowboys' offensive coordinator, now being considered or at least rumored around the Boise State job. So 
My question to you is, is if Kellen Moore, who, of course, is a Boise State graduate and a legend from the Broncos program up there in Idaho, if he were to go, would you be okay with that, Jesse? Do you think that you would rather see Kellen Moore stay and grow as an offensive coordinator? Because I don't really think there's any question he would be back in 2021 if, if, as long as he didn't get an, another job elsewhere. But would you like to see him back, or has he done enough to say, okay, uh, go off and, and take that Boise State job? Well, I, I may be in the in the minority because I was never one who was on the Kellen Moore uh, boy genius bandwagon when he first yes, got sir. hired as the Cowboys OC. So, with that being said, I would be more than elated. In fact, I have a prayer group that I'm gathering so that we can get this up to the football guys so that Boise offers him the head coaching job so that he can go back to his alma mater, his historic program where he's like the all-time leading everything at Boise State and take the head coaching job and just kind of just go do his thing up there. And now we can have Freaky Mike do what we called him to do. We called Freaky Mike to come in here and be an offensive genius, an offensive play caller. I, for one, have never, I've never been on board with the Kellen Moore uh, as the OC. So I wish him nothing but the best. I pray for his success, but I hope that his success takes him to Boise, Idaho, especially being this is this is actually the last year that he has on his contract. His contract he doesn't yeah. he doesn't have a contract for 2021. So it's kind of like maybe things are lining up for him to go take that job at uh at Boise State. So and I think that's why the the rumors are so grounded. Like that's why it's something that is significant in the fact that it is the last year of his contract. I think that plays a big uh, throws a big wrench into this because if it wasn't the last year of his contract, I feel like it might get a little bit more tricky. But Barry, do you feel the same way? Is there a, a, an ounce of you that says Kellen Moore can go ahead and leave, and this Cowboys organization may actually be better for it? Um, yeah, I'm 100% behind Holly on this one. Uh, wow. I was never, I was never a great, like, you know, Keller Moore, he's this boy genius. When you said boy genius, I was like, whoa, hold on, wait a second. But uh, I didn't coin yeah, that term, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never been, like, a huge fan. I mean, there was just too many instances this year where it was just head, scratcher, head scratching calls. I mean, we can go back to the fourth and inches when we decided to throw a hitch to, to CeeDee Lamb instead of giving the ball to our $90 million running back. I mean, it's just a plethora of things that this season has 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 caused me to to scratch my head. So for me, um, I would love to see Kellen Moore get an opportunity to be the head, the head guy in Boise State. I'm hoping that Jerry doesn't throw the bag at him and say, "Hey, come on back down here. We need your your offensive." Uh, pedigree down here with our offense but I hope he goes to, to Boise State not for myself but mostly for him I mean look this is this is a stepping stool for him he can go to Boise mm -hmm. State I mean this college that college program is tailor-made for his offense everybody likes to throw the ball all over the place they don't play great defense in the Mountain West so I think he would thrive there and then eventually if he wanted to he might be able to get back to the league but overall for me I hope we don't throw him the bag go ahead and uh, go to Boise State and, and get it cracking down there big dog what do you think, Nate? <laughs> you know, when Jason Garrett was in his final year, Jesse will tell you, all I ever screamed was, as smart as Jason's supposed to be and all of the degrees that he had, why would he go into his final year letting a puppy call his plays? <laughs> and he went through that whole year 
let this puppy call his plays. And it cost them a job. Now we have Coach McCarthy who said, I would never give up my play calling duties. And with one and with one week of putting his name on the dotted line, he came back and said, I'll be glad to get Callum Moore my play calling duties. And I asked that question then, and I asked that question now. Why did we hire Coach McCarthy? Why didn't we go get a defensive-minded coach if we wasn't going to let Coach McCarthy call the plays? And I'll just leave it right there. Mm. No, and that's a valid point because whenever Mike McCarthy came in, the first thought was, oh, I guess Kellen Moore's not calling the plays, right? I mean, that was what we thought. We thought Mike McCarthy would come in and call the plays, but I I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see that all three of you guys are quote-unquote in the minority, which I don't think is really that much of a minority in the fact that people would be okay (laughs) with – with Kellen Moore leaving and taking this Boise State job. The only thing that I have pause about is the, the, the potential change with so much talent on this offense. I mean, you talk about the, the guys that they have in terms of Zeke and, and Amari and, and Michael and, and CD that have had some success under Kellen Moore. I don't know about Zeke. Zeke might be the one that might benefit from a change at offensive coordinator more than anybody. But uh, why would you make a change like this whenever there has been success in the past? Do you feel strongly, uh, Isaiah, or excuse me, uh, Barry, that uh, there is uh, an, an offensive coordinator out there, a veteran offensive coordinator, that could come in and make an immediate impact? Yes, yeah, Mike mean, I, McCarthy. Oh, yeah. You said Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I mean, Nate, Nate has. Yeah, yes, Mike right See, I understand you directed that at Barry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but some things, Kyle, yes. It is a veteran offensive coordinator called Mike McCarthy that helped the young Aaron Rodgers blossom. And then when, 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 the, when, the, when the student became equal or better than the master, they signed him packing. Well, we don't have nobody that's equal to Mike right now. So let's, let's get Dak or whoever they're going to sign at quarterback. Let's see if we, he equal the master. And then we'll, get, we'll call Kellum back in four years. Are we sure Mike's this genius, though? Are we sure Mike's this offensive Is he the same we, Mike, we, Mike McCarthy as the guy? past, right? I, I think, he, I, you know, I think he is. I, I, I think if I, I said this and I'll repeat it. If, if he can run this team himself, if, 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 it, if it ain't no joint deal, if it's just like, Mike, what do you want? And let him run it, I think he can be. Mm-hmm. I think when the players know that everything stops and starts with your head coach, I think he can. Because here's my thing, fellas. What did we bring Mike McCarthy here for? If, if we didn't bring him here for his offensive mm-hmm. mindset and his offensive quote-unquote genius and his ability to develop quarterbacks and his ability to get prolific offenses on the football field, why is he here? If we wanted a stand-around coach We could have extended Jason Garrett and brought in another offensive coordinator. You brought him here simply because of his pedigree as a quarterback developer and an offensive play caller. That's why you brought him here. Don't don't that's like don't 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 bring a chef in to cook to cook this five star meal. And all of a sudden, you say, you know what? I want oodles and noodles. No, don't do that. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not trying to make oodles and noodles anymore. We're we're trying to let this guy go ahead and do what he do. And if it's not, if, if what we think he's supposed to be doing isn't what he's doing, then we failed. But don't handicap him. I had a conversation with with Jane Slater uh, about 
you know, Mike McCarthy and being on the sidelines. And I said, you know, I said, you know why some of the things happen for guys like Mike McCarthy this year with some of the game management stuff? Because Mike is looking for stuff to do. His whole career, he's been so engaged in the play calling of a game and, and being that aspect of it that he's engaged. But now he's just a stand around head coach. You start trying to find stuff to do because it's like, what do I do with my hands? I, I have to find something to do. He has nothing to do on game day because I'm not calling plays. I'm not defensive minded. I'm not special teams minded. So if you take the one thing that makes me whole and the one thing that makes me who I am, how I cut my teeth in this league, if you take that away from me, now I'm I'm, I'm just another guy who has a pair of headsets on the sideline. Let him do what he does. And if that's not what he's good at anymore, then we failed and we move on to the next guy. But all this whole, you know, let this guy do this, let this guy do this. No, you sign Mike McCarthy simply because of his past history of being a quarterback developer and an offensive play caller. Let the man do what he do. Well, and he was forced to call plays, Kellen Moore being, right? I mean, that's just, this is a front office thing from the get-go, correct, Jesse? I mean, there's really no other way around it because with everything you're saying, Mike McCarthy has the opportunity to veto that unless it's a free front office thing. So why, why is Kellen Moore still calling the plays if Mike McCarthy, if that was specifically what he was called in to be? I said this yesterday on the show, and listen, I could be far-fetched. Sometimes I get way out there with some of my theories, but... Coming into the last year of Kellen Moore's contract, and there could have been a conversation between between Jerry and Mike McCarthy. And if you fire Mike, if you fire Kellen Moore now, whatever he's making, you got to pay that, right? You, you you don't get a chance to that doesn't go to the post, you know, post June one cuts where you can kind of get a discount on that. You got to pay him that. So I thought maybe Jerry was like, listen, he's in his last year of his contract. Let's see if you guys can work this thing out by letting him call plays this first year. If it doesn't work out, we won't renew his contract. We'll give you the responsibilities back next year, and we'll we'll continue to move forward. I do think that Kellen Moore is a Jerry Jones kind of. Um, uh, it, it's he, he's trying to build. This this is the continuation of what he tried to build with Jason Garrett. When Jason Garrett back in 2007, eight and nine was like supposed to be the new genius hot shot offensive play caller and he paid him $5 million equal to what he paid Wade Phillips to be the OC so that he wouldn't go to Baltimore or that he wouldn't go to, uh, 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 you know, other places. I think Jerry's still trying to still trying to put his hand on. I created something. If I can't create a Super Bowl winning team, I want to be able to say I created the next Kyle Shanahan. I, I created the next, uh, uh, you know, the next hot shot across the league, and he came from my tree. And again, I, I think like like Jason Garrett, Jerry might be striking out again on this one. Mm. Hmm. Barry, what do you think about that? I just, you know, I just don't quite understand. If we're going by that premise that you know. Who we wanted to give Kellen one more shot to try to to try to make this offense complete and try to make the next Kellen Sh- or Kyle Shanahan. I go back to Nate's uh, premise and I just don't understand why we even hired Mike in the first place. If we're gonna give you know Kellen Moore this this shot to be this OC this great this great uh, game caller, we should have went and got a defensive coach. Because, I mean, we know how yeah. bad our defense has been struggling. So, yeah, I, I still don't understand why we kept Kellen Moore along. If we hired Mike specifically to be this offensive guru and let him call the plays, why is Kellen Moore still here? I don't understand that one. That's the question I like to pose to you guys. And the thing that, the thing that gets me, fellas, and, and 
Jesse has always rolled me hard because I've, I've, I've always said sooner or later, y'all, we're going to have to play defense. Sooner or later, y'all, we're going to have to have somebody to turn the ball over. Sooner or later. And just think, we had a shot at a, at a, at a defensive player this year, last year, and we picked CeeDee Lamb. And it's for great as CeeDee Lamb has been and for the potential that we see him being the, the top bulldog in a year or so, that's how bad our defense is. Mm-hmm. Just think, mm-hmm. and this year's draft is totally against us because there's no top 10 defensive players out there. So we're going to wind up again getting another offensive player. And and listen, if we don't have the right coordinator to try Kyle to Pitts, help, what up? Let's go, Kyle if, if Pitts. We don't let's go. Right, oh, don't start if we don't that, have the right Jesse, offensive please. coordinator to try to help control the game, it if we would have started out this season trying to control clock along with scores, which we couldn't because my man Zeke could not hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've we've solved everything. The Cowboys are going to draft an offensive tight end uh, in the first round in Kyle Pitts, and then we're going to turn around. Kid in Florida. The reason for the the five and nine start is fumbles early in the season from Zeke. So that's the kind of content you came here for on DallasCowboys.com on Christmas Eve. You're welcome. It's called keeping it real, baby, on Christmas Eve. It's called keeping it real on Christmas Eve. When we come back, we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy, some of that play calling and how things could get better the last couple weeks of the year heading into 2021. You're listening to Hanging with the Talking Players Lounge right here on (laughs) DallasCowboys.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back 
to Talking Cowboys. Hey, little girly. Back here on Hanging with the Talking Cowboys break. Oh, wait, no, there's no break. There's a player's lounge in here, though, unfortunately. So back here on DallasCowboys.com. Glad you're with us, everybody. Kyle Yomas, Jesse Holly, Nate Newton, and Barry Church. Chris Beam back at his home office running things at the point today. But uh, whenever you guys look at this week and the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, they're two completely different teams, gentlemen. I mean, that's pretty uh, – Pretty out there, pretty obvious for either one of these teams whenever you talk about the the, the Cowboys. No Ben DiNucci back at quarterback uh, going up against the Eagles like they had back in week eight. Then you turn around and you've got Andy Dalton going up against Jalen Hurts, which is something that we didn't necessarily see going into week 16 happening either. But Jesse, whenever it comes to Jalen Hurts, what does he bring that's going to be tough against this Cowboys defense? Because it's not going to be an easy task for a defense that has struggled against mobile quarterbacks who can somehow uh, find a way to throw the football like Jalen Hurts has done over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he, he, uh, he brings a headache. That's what he brings. He brings you a, a significant headache, especially for a team that will probably be without your starting defensive tackle in Antoine Woods, your starting mm-hmm. middle linebacker in Leighton Vanderish, and your starting safety, uh, Xavier Woods, will all probably be out of this game. And this team has already had issues with the run game up the middle and being able to corral uh, <coughs> athletic quarterbacks. And the way Jalen Hurts plays is, yes, he wants to deliver the ball from the pocket, but make no mistakes about it. When that's not there and the play breaks down, you and, and this is a team who the Cowboys defense who have not been alignment assignment sound all year long. When that play breaks down and that pocket begins to collapse, Jalen. Uh, Jalen Hurts now becomes a threat as a runner and not a runner who's looking to slide or who's looking to kind of tiptoe. No, he's looking to run with some power, with some force. He has some wiggle. So not only is he looking to deliver the ball down the field, which he can, but when it breaks down on third and seven and third and eight, now all the linebackers have dropped back in coverage and linebackers who may not have played a lot this season will play a lot more snaps because of the absence of Leighton Van Der Esch. And those guys have dropped deep and all that open field is there. A guy like Jalen Hurts will be able to break containment, get in the open field, and convert those third downs. And you just you hope that those aren't those critical ones late in the game or when you really need to get off the field. But he brings a headache to you. And I know that Barry will be able to explain this a little bit better than I am from the defense perspective. But he brings a headache to you because he's a guy that you have to account for as a weapon in the offensive game. Not only as a runner, not only as a thrower, but as a bona fide runner. Barry? Yeah, Jesse, you, you're 100% right. This guy is a headache waiting to happen. And, and I'm, I'm not on Team Tank. I'm on Team Let's Make This NFC East Playoffs. And I was hoping, matter of fact, I was praying that Carson Wentz was going to be in the lineup. I was hoping that Mr. Turnover himself was going to be in the lineup and we were going to yes. be able to go out there and pick him apart. But, but he's not. They got Hurts in there, and this guy is dynamic. The way he's able to 
He's faster than you want him to be, and he's more accurate than you want him to be. And like Jesse said, when the pocket breaks down and everything around him is going crazy, he has that innate ability to escape. Somehow, some way, he finds a sliver, a crack in a hole somewhere, and he escapes out there. And then he becomes kind of like Russell Wilson-esque. I'm not saying he's as good as mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, but he becomes Russell Wilson-esque. That's what it sounds like, Barry. Looking... <laughs> There's no way. Not even close. Not even close. But... The way he's able to look down the field as he's trying to escape. He's not always trying to escape and run the ball and get downfield and use his legs. He's looking to extend the play and get the ball down the field. And as a defender, that is one of the hardest things you can defend. Because when he starts doing that, it's already hard enough to cover these receivers, you know, as as a play is developing. But as the play breaks down and it becomes backyard football and these receivers are running all the way over, just trying to get open for their quarterback, it becomes extremely hard as a defender to defend that. And when you got a guy like Hertz who's able to run around by time and still has the arm strength to get the ball down the field it's a hard hard thing to defend and this Cowboys team with missing starters like you said on all three levels the defensive line linebacker and the secondary it's going to be hard to defend this guy but somehow some way we have got to take the ball away from him get our offense in short fields and hopefully come away with a dub Nate Wow, man. I, I mean, I got Barry Church, <laughs> who brings his own segment on our pregame show, the church he preaches. Then we got what we call on our show, we got Jesse, we call him the gospel. So I got the gospel go. and the pastor bringing the church. You Let's know what go. I'm saying? Let's and so go. all I can say to what y'all have said is glory, 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 because that man will run to the- <laughs> Because he will run. <laughs> if, if the Cowboys do not line up right and do not tackle tonight, this early day game will be a disaster. <laughs> I said on our show, and I meant this, we could be rolling along at a good clip. The Eagles can have a worse team than us, like they did last year, and we will find a way to lose the game. Because... One of the coordinators will get wacky and do something weird. Now, we supposed to beat the Eagles Sunday. We supposed we? to be. I don't care who we missing or who. We're supposed to beat them. Let's just wait and see what happens. I'm hoping what church and, and what the what the uh, gospel, the gospel said don't go. work. The gospel. Let's I hope go. it don't work. Well, I hope it I, don't I, work. I'm not necessarily <laughs> convinced that. The Cowboys have the majority of the momentum. I know that the Eagles lost against Arizona, but the fact that they played Arizona as well as they did, I feel like gave them confidence. And Hurts by himself is given a shot in the arm to everybody on that Eagles sideline. Nate, are you surely confident that the Cowboys are one thing I know about? I don't even know what the line is. As good as this kid has been for the Eagles, and he's been that shot in the arm. Okay, he's that double hit of espresso. I understand that. Mm-hmm. This kid will put the ball on the ground. I have a guy who church is named the striker. His name yes. is Donovan Wilson. When everybody else missed the tackles, he don't. He not only makes the tackle, but he knocks balls loose. And if he cannot miss this kid in the open field, he can bring the pain. And all I need then is for one of those cornerbacks who's been standing around to pick the ball up. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> Do you see uh, another turnover for Donovan Wilson, Jesse? Do you think he could continue the hot streak? I mean, he had a turnover against the Eagles the first time around. 
Yeah, I like Donovan Wilson, and people will think I don't like Donovan Wilson. The thing I, the thing that I struggle with when it comes to Donovan Wilson, and I know this is coming from an offensive guy, but you know they label him as the hitman, and that's great, mm-hmm. and that's fine. The striker, the striker, whatever they want to call him. We're trying I need to make Donovan it happen Wilson here, Jesse. More consistent in coverage. I need I need him to be more consistent. He, he he plays a little bit too erratic for me, and sometimes now this was the 1990s. Great, bring the striker all day long. But we don't play in the 1990s anymore. We play in the year of 2020, and that type of physicality from that position, <clears throat> they don't welcome that really well in the National Football League. And 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 example, he had a 15-yard penalty when the defense should have got off the field last week because he came downhill ready to be a striker. I just want him to have to to know he has to be almost Chris Chris Kyle with his striking. You got to be accurate. You have mm. to be an assassin when you do this because it comes a point in time in the game if you're coming downhill and you're trying to be that striking force, I don't need a 15-yard targeting penalty. I don't need an unnecessary roughness penalty. I don't I don't need it. I don't need a hit this hit in a defensive receiver penalty and it extends the drive for the team. So be a striker, be aggressive, be physical, but understand how to do it and when to do it. Because if it's third down and we need to get off the field because they've had the ball for the last four or five minutes and they're on an 8, 9, 10, 11 play drive and we, we got them. We got them. It's third and whatever. And you come downhill all crazy and now it's a targeting penalty and now we give them a free first down of 15 yards. That That's my only, that's my only mm-hmm. gripe what I have with him is be physical. Be the enforcer. Be aggressive. Just have it under control. Just don't be all over the place and don't let your aggressiveness uh, 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 lead to somebody, you know, getting over top of you and behind your head. I like that a lot. I do. I, I think that's a, a key for Donovan Wilson, especially since, I mean, he's not the big time prospect that you normally would want as uh, a guy who's going to come in and be a game changer. I mean, it was a six round pick. But Barry, how tough is that for a safety to do to, to come down and be the cam- the hammer, come down, be the, the enforcer? be the striker as you want to call them but also be under control at the same time because I feel like those things don't come hand in hand quite easily uh, they don't and it, it's something that you know you learn over time and uh, this guy is still young he's still young he's in his first season of really getting a lot of playing time and I mean he, he, he's called the striker and that's what I can see I can live with that as a, as a defender I can live with that guy being aggressive being downhill striking everything that moves yeah you might catch a penalty here and there but I, I can go in a foxhole I can go with, into war with someone knowing that he's going to go 100 miles an hour no matter what the situation is uh, so I, I can live with that but he does have to develop a little bit more Wait, when you it comes the, you coverage. mean the safety? You mean the safety going 100 miles an hour all the time? I thought I thought safety weren't supposed to do that in cowboy uniforms. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> contrary to belief. Contrary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your boy, your boy, who's, who's going to miss this game? He 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 doesn't believe in going 100 miles an hour each and every play, and that's probably why he won't be back here next year. But that you know that's another point for mm. another day. Um, but for me, overall. He, he kind of, for me overall, Wilson kind of reminds me of Wilcox right now. He's very aggressive, and that's J.J. Wilcox. He, he reminds me of him a lot because he's very aggressive. He's very downhill, but he can miss. He has the ability to miss out there, so he has to yep. get that control part of his game, and he comes downhill as far as his breaks, too, when he's breaking on the ball. So he has to get that control part of the game like Jesse has, has said, has mentioned that he has to get that under control. But if he's able to do that, I think the future is bright for this kid. Little JJ and Wilcox. like J.J. Wilcox, all you got to decide is he 
that 30 play or less player. Yes. Put him in situations where he can be that guy. That's where great coaching come in at. Uh, I like what both of you guys have said, but we got to have that type of player because take him off the field, and guess what? Guys are running behind us. Guys are catching balls all over us. This guy's an intimidator. So you have to take a little bit of risk, you know, and um, turn on the lights, as Mr. Jones would say. Mm. I love how much shade is thrown in this in this show. I feel like every couple of seconds, it's, just, it's a sprinkle here, it's a splash there, it's just things in, in the mix that normally shouldn't really be in the mix, but I love it at the same time because there's a lot of shade to be thrown around. But when we come back here on Hanging with the Talking Players Lounge, we'll, we're going to talk about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and how they could work together in that backfield to produce a little bit more of the ground game that the Cowboys have definitely been missing here in 2020 right after the break. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the final segment here of a special Christmas Eve edition of DallasCowboys.com podcast. So glad you're with us. We're having a ton of fun leading you into week 16 of the the NFL season. We've got Jesse Holly, Barry Church, and Nate Newton of Trio of former Dallas Cowboys. I'm just trying to lead the way here on DallasCowboys.com, but I think I'm losing internet connection, so I'm going to pass things off to Jesse really quickly here. And Jesse, whenever it comes comes to the the offense and, and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard had his first start of his career. What did you think about what you saw from Tony? Is that something he can continue the rest of the season? 
Yeah, I, th- I think Tony did what they wanted him to do. He wasn't bad. He wasn't spectacular. He was good. He rushed the ball for 69 yards. He caught the ball for 60 yards. That's what he's supposed to do. It wasn't any like that's the thing I, I, I found it amazing. And I think Cowboy fans, we're looking for something, and every, and we're 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 hypochondriacs, and we over exaggerate everything. So any little thing is like, oh my God, he should be starting over Zeke. He had one run for 40 yards. Other than that, yeah. he would have literally rushed for 12 yeah. carries for 22 for 29 yards in an entire football game that he was the lead back in. So I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade at Tony Pollard, but I, I am the voice of reason. It's a bit dark here. in here. Mm-hmm. I, I am the voice of reason around <laughs> here, and he wasn't bad. He wasn't spectacular. He did what he was supposed to do in the game that in the role they gave him. But you know, it, it's 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 easy to. Here's a couple things that you have to remember. One, it's easy to say you know, oh well, he's this and he's that, and he did it in one game. When those yards and those carries and those miles begin to get on your back, I don't know how explosive he will be. I, I played with a guy named Felix Jones, and when Felix was the complimentary back to Marion Barber, he was lights out. He would come in after Marion and tenderize the defense up, and he would break one for 60, 70 yards or a screenplay or something like that. And then they decided, you know what? Well, we're going to make Felix our every down back, and we're going to let Marion Barber go. And then they gave the ball to Felix 20 to 25 times a game, and he couldn't cut it. It began to wear on him. His body began to wear down. He didn't have the burst. He didn't have the elusiveness that he once had. Because when you got to be a blitz pickup in the first down back and the second down back, and you got to hit the 330-pound nose tackle, and the linebacker is constantly hitting you, and you got to pick up those blitzing safeties, over time, through a 16, 17-week season, that begins to wear on you. And so I know that Zeke may not have the burst that he once had, but you try giving Tony Pollard 250, 300 carries a season and see it, see it, see how elusive and, and how uh, uh, fast and bursty he is after a couple of years of that. So, you know, we, we got to kind of almost pump our brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Again, Tony Pollard is a nice change of pace back. He's a nice complement to a, to a lead back, but he did nothing in that game that wowed me he did exactly what you you thought he would be able to do: catch the ball cleanly, make some plays in space, yep. protect the football, and run it, you know, where he can, uh, and, and pick up some decent yards. And break a big play after you've worn down a defense a little bit. I mean, that's exactly right. what you brought him in to be to do, and that's what he did on Sunday. And sure, it looked good. I mean, it was fun, and everybody saw, hey, forty yards on a touchdown run. We haven't seen that in a while from Zeke. So uh, I, I see where fans are coming from, but but once again, I, I'm right there with you, Jesse. I think he's a good complimentary back. But Tony Pollard also said this week that that Zeke is his number one fan, and you hear that every now and again from from different teammates or, or players in the league and even even outside of football these complimentary basketball players these second tier basketball players that are playing under a big guy and they have a big game it's you know you know uh james harden's my number one fan says russell westbrook not so much but there are different things that you look at from these players perspectives and i want to hear from you guys starting with nate but do you think that's that's real do you think that there is legitimate support there or is that just something that players say to say to the media or is there maybe even a little bit of competition and discontent in that locker room I think Zeke is confident in who he is and what he makes to be able to say that. True. That's a good point. <laughs> For real. Uh, I'm making $12 million a year. You making $1,500 a week. 
Hey, bro, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, oh, Barry. I, yeah, I, you know, I gotta agree with Nate on that one. I mean, <laughs> look, um, he can say that. Be- right. He he can say that because, like Nate said, I mean, he, he's the lead dog. He's making the most. He he knows for a fact that his job is not under any type of scrutiny or under any type of you know willingness to give it up at any type of at any chance. I mean, look, Zeke. He could say that, but at the end of the day, like if Tony Pollard started cutting into his carries, or if we seen the the head coach say, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, man." PTP, this is your job now. Zeke ain't saying none of that. He's going straight to Jerry. Hey, what the heck is going on here? This dude ain't nowhere near as good as me. Why is he splitting carries with me? What is going on here? I'm making the most money. I'm your investment. Why is he getting these carries? It would change the script so fast it wouldn't even be funny. So, nah, he can say that because he's in a position where he's at right now. And it's it's always funny uh, because and, and Nate and Barry knows this. There is this there is this healthy friendship slash competition in 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 position groups, right? It's like, right. hey, listen, we're all safeties, we're all receivers, we're all linemen, and we all like each other. We we genuinely like each other. Right. But there's this quiet, spoken, unspoken language of you, my guy, but. I'm coming for your job, especially yes. if you're playing in front of me. And, right. and, 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 and yes, we are in a brotherhood, and I get it. But I promise you, as a, as a, as a backup receiver, I never want to see anyone get hurt. But I'm like, oh, that's going to be a four-week ankle injury. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I, am I lying, fellas? I, I don't want to see – I never want to see anyone get hurt. But yeah, I'm not upset if the ankle injury is four to five weeks. I'm brother, not upset. I'm not crying tears. Understand this. Anybody that's a fifth rounder or down to free agency, like all three of us is, I don't care what happened to you. <laughs> if I get that opportunity to get your job and the coach is being fair, you will not get it back. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's that true. That's how I feel every time Barry hosts a, a church segment on Sunday on pregame <laughs> live. Is I, I just know there's some friendly competition between the, the pregame live crew, and I know Barry's looking across, kind of giving me the side eye every time he hosts a, a really nice segment. No, but uh-huh. no, I, I've, I've always been interested about that. Because there, there has to be that friendship, there has to be that brotherhood, but there also has to be the competition. And a healthy competition is what you want in a locker room. And you need to have that balance of both. And I think that's the something The better fun. the competition in your locker room, the better your team. No doubt. When, the mo- when you have a team that is truly complacent, you have a losing team. That is part of the culture. You can go to Kansas City right now, and you can talk to Anthony Hitchens or Wilson. And I ask them, like, hey, man, how do you feel? You feel comfortable? And they're going to tell you, no, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because when you're winning, when you're winning, and you, you want more. When I started winning, I wanted more Pro Bowls. I wanted more All-Pros. I, I, I would look at the next guy. I, I used to want to look at the next offensive guard or the next offensive type. I was looking at what they were doing during the week. Not on my team, because I, I felt I was better than what was on my team. I'm talking about on other teams. You want to be the best. The more you win. But when you got this old losing attitude, oh, uh, yeah, we okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, these moral victories everybody won. Losing brings complacency and brings friendships. Competitiveness brings 
a, a bond that'll never be broken. I love Troy forever, Mike Irvin forever, because they would not let me fail, and I would not let them fail. That's competitiveness. And this is why you'll never hear <clears throat> players be team tankers. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're never going to be team tankers. One, because it's just not who we are. We understand the sacrifice that it takes to go in, in, to put it in to be a professional player. And to quitters. And Those are make. quitters. They but use we, tank. They quit. But we yeah. also understand, right? We also understand if, if we tank, hmm, and we're really bad on defense, and I'm Barry Church, and they're going to go get a defensive player, mm-hmm. and they're going to focus on defense, wait a second. My job may be in my job may be in trouble. If 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 we're tanking and our job and we're bad on offense, yeah, and, I, and, and, and I'm and I'm an offensive player, you know, and, I, and I've told this story. One of the reasons a lot of people were upset at Jason Garrett the year we we drafted Des Bryant was because when we left our team meeting, Jason Garrett told the offense, "Oh no, nah, we're gonna we're good. We're gonna look defensively." And so we're <laughs> me, Patrick Creighton, Roy Williams, Miles Austin, Sam Hurd, Kevin Ogletree. We're chilling. We're like, okay, good. You know, we we gonna get our little vacation on. And I'm in Mexico and I'm watching the draft. And it's I'm in I'm in Cancun and I'm the 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 the, t- the television the telecast is in Spanish and all I hear is da 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 Des Bryant. And I said. And the young lady that I was with, she said, the Cowboys took Des Bryant. And I ran in there and I looked at my phone. And before I can even before I can even unlock my phone, I had missed calls from Patrick Creighton. I had missed calls from Roy Williams. I had missed calls from Bob. Because God was like, wait a second. Listen, you add another first round receiver into this room, somebody got to go. So, yes. yeah, that, that's, that's always in the back of our mind. Hey, man, I, I, I tell you, man, uh, I, I was here and went through the same thing, Jess. Same thing. Uh, I had two second-round picks coming straight for my job. Uh, one of was a kid out of University of Florida, played with my brother, second-round pick. I mean, it, it just in the newspaper. I mean, our media used to be ruthless. Now they soft. They used to be ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Nate Newman will no longer be here because they got this guy and they got this guy. And Nate will not be here. This guy will be starting doing training camp. And I'm like, wow. I, I mean, and so people are like, you know, the young lady I was with like, how you feel about that? I'm like, man, I got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to work. <laughs> and uh, thank God this dude liked to eat more than I did. And he never made weight. He never made weight. <laughs> I stopped eating for a while. He continued to eat. So I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I tell people, man, when I look at a dude and I can't have a little fear of him taking my job, I, I mean, I get up that morning, oh, man, I, I, I'll work out tomorrow to do behind <laughs> Really? But, boy, if there's a little healthy fear there that you may walk to your locker and there's two guys sitting in there and both of y'all and all of y'all 400 pounds trying to get around each other that little lockers we used to be in. Like, hey, it's my locker, but I understand they brought y'all on here during the off day, so it's y'all locker too. Come on, man. That's some that's some fear, bro. And, you peek out and, and that window on that Tuesday and they got them. They work, who they working out hey. today? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, got, got the clocks yeah. out and everything. Got the yeah. clocks out. Oh, <laughs> here the we thing, go, and man. The, and, the, and the thing about it, salary cap 
makes it where <laughs> certain guys. But I tell people, I say, even before it was a salary cap, it was still certain guys that were going to make your team. First round picks. Guys like that. Guys they gave the money to. So it, this has always been around. But I've never seen the complacency that I see now. And it doesn't breeze winning. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And that's why you see a season like this, even with all the injuries. It's easy to make an excuse for 2020. But hopefully the Cowboys can keep some of this momentum. Hopefully it does breed winning into 2021 when you get your guys back and you get healthy. And I think that's where a lot of fans are in their split between making the playoffs or at least making a push for the playoffs. You still need a lot of help to get there. But winning and and quote-unquote tanking, I mean, there's fans split both ways, but I think winning is going to help you out a lot more as you head into the final couple weeks of the season. But that's going to do it for us here on this. Now I want to ask one question before we leave. I got to ask one okay. question before we leave. I was trying to what get is, into What is tanking? Outro, is tanking quitting? That's it's quitting, Kyle. Yes, it's it quit. is. That's it quitting. Is, uh, it is quitting. <laughs> okay. okay, thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It I got is. a little emotional. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> now, wanted to wish everybody listening a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you three. It was a ton of fun hanging out with you uh, here over the last 45 minutes. We'll be sure to do it again along the way. You can catch Nate Newton and Jesse Holly on Hanging with the Boys every weekday. They bring the heat. It's an awesome show hosted by Shannon Gross. If you haven't, go check it out already. It's fantastic. And then Barry Church is on the Players Lounge with Newey Scruggs and Danny McRae. That's an awesome show as Bring well, but that's going to do well. it for us. It's been a <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, you guys have fun. Merry Christmas, everybody. Listen Merry Christmas, to everybody. Happy holidays. Merry have Merry a safe and up on all y'all family. Christmas trees. I'm bringing the word "quit" it instead of "tank." Do it. Do it. <laughs> Love it. When we, we'll be back on Monday to break things down here on DallasCowboys.com. But for Nate Newton, for Barry Church and Jesse Holly and Chris Beam holding down the fort, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time. Cowboys winning the East. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!